Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 100, and I have absolutely nothing special planned. Let's roll. Actually, I do have something special planned. I've got a uh, a guest that I, 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 man, we were talking pre-show and we were just firing off. It is so much fun, both, uh, f- you know, football guys when it comes right down to it. And uh, I think that's what it is, man. It's funny, you know, on my first show with, uh, when it's not a very good show because I sucked at this. I still suck at this. I know. Come on. Just say it. But I really was bad. But I remember I talked to Tommy Moe and Tommy played at Modern Day and Tommy's a partner here at the Undroppables. But I remember talking about what even got us started into fantasy football and then what got us into this crazy thing, which is talking about football and having a website about fantasy football and all that. And it's that passion that sort of starts from the very beginning when, I don't know, it starts someplace for all y'all. Maybe it was playing in the backyard. Maybe it was going to your first game. For me, I remember it like nothing, man. It was I was like five years old. My brother was playing varsity football. You know, he was uh, eight years older than me, and I'm in the stands, and it's you know fall fall afternoon in in Massachusetts, and there's people everywhere, standing room around the around the stadium and you know, around the field, and confetti flying, and you know the, the 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 pomp and circumstance of it all. The cheerleaders, the the people are are so into it. And, uh, you know, the press box, the whole thing, man, there's just such a thing to it. And then the intensity, the intensity of each team, you know, the way they fire themselves up at five years old, I was hooked. I looked at that quarterback on the field and said, I'm going to do that someday. Sure enough, I was able to pull it off. But man, oh man, I've still got that running through my blood to this day. And uh, it's only uh, 13 years later, I'm I'm 18 years old and can't believe it's been this long. But um, (laughs) without further ado, my guest this week is literally sitting there chomping his teeth with that intro because he's a football coach. He's a football guy. He's been around it, and I love having him on the pod. I can't wait to introduce Mr. Nick Whalen. Nick, what is going on, brother? I'm curious, who is that quarterback? Was it like Steve Grogan? I mean, no, this was my high school. I mean, I remember it was uh, Vinny Marino. Vinny Marino getting a shout out on the pod. Google that ass, you know. But yeah, Vinny, Vinny Marino was the was the quarterback that year. That that was uh that was not a pro game. That was my high school football game. I went to with with uh with my parents in the stands watching my older brother play. He played right guard. He was he was light, number 50. He was a light <laughs> right guard, but he cuckoo. My 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 youngest older brother was a cuckoo bird, you know. He was crazy, you know. Mm. And uh those who know him who are listening to this pod are nodding silently knowing he's a fucking crazy man. Did, did he have that he had that cowboy collar on? Yeah, probably actually. Yes. Yeah. The big foam neck rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I remember um, I, I would I would watch taped NFL drafts when I was like Saturday mornings, like a lot of kids watch cartoons. I would watch taped NFL drafts at like age five on up on Saturday yeah. mornings. I, I just loved it. Even though I knew it was going to happen. I, I had my Mel Kuyper draft guides. And yes. Uh, yeah, man. I, yeah, I mean, I can't remember who said this, but they said it's the sickness. Either you kind of have the sickness or you don't. And yes. we got it. Yeah, we definitely do. And I, I remember the other memory as a very young kid. I was, I, I've said this story before. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm from Boston, et cetera. But I was born a cowboy fan. I, you can't help it. I mean, I was born wearing like cowboy pajamas or whatever, you know. But I remember the first, you know, sort of memory was, you know, as a, I don't know, I'm probably two or three years old. However old you are when you first remember shit. 
And, you know, I was just like a little kid on a beanbag in the middle of the living room. And it was Cowboys Redskins, you know, night game. I don't know what night. Who the fuck knows? But it was a probably a Monday night game, you know, because I don't even know if they had, you know, the other night game. But I remember, or maybe it was even a four o'clock game, but it's dark on the East Coast, you know, might have just been one of those numbers, you know. And I just remember, you know, the Summerall Madden thing, the whole thing. And just, I think it was like back in the days with Art Monk and the whole thing. It was just, I was just, it was just, it was mesmerizing. And so, yeah, either you watch that and go, oh my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Or you go put on cartoons, right? Like, I don't know. I, I just, for me, I was like, I'm in immediately. Nobody needed to indoctrinate me. I was, I was automatic. So yeah, it's fucking awesome. Hmm. And that's the thing is like, and there's just so much to this game that it, it, it's an art form, man. And, and, yeah. and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, even some things you can't even script up like that, like that Stefan Diggs touchdown to beat the Saints in the playoffs. Like <laughs> such a great and, story. And I know there's Saints fans, you know, that, that hate that, but that's just such a beautiful moment. And like, that's what makes <laughs> sports awesome too. Is there, yes. this moment, like, like I know where I was when I saw this happen oh, or shit. this comeback or, you know, can I tell or, you a you story know, about that game? Because you just brought it up. Yeah. Literally, this is a true story. I'm like in my brother's wedding. Uh, this is second marriage, but still, he's having a wedding, you know. So that's why it's like I'm, I'm older and he's older. And uh, <clears throat> during that game, uh, was like the reception. Yeah, my brother got married in January in the East Coast. He's an asshole. So for for those of you putting this together, yes, he's an he's an idiot. So anyway, but yes, this is happening. So it's the reception and uh, the reception at the reception. And I'm I have money on the Saints. And, you know, so my brother and I both have money on the game and he's getting married and I'm like off on the side, you know, where like you're supposed to be, you know, I'm off on the side watching that fucking play happen. And I come in pissed. You know, I, I go to the head table and I'm like, and I give him the bad news and like we're both just fucking fuming and and like it's his wedding day. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this 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 wedding thing. Did you see the fucking digs catch, motherfucker? You know, like, it, th- yeah. So that's it. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, it's 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 just phenomenal, man. That's and the thing is, like, that was so long ago, but yeah, we still was. remember that. You know, yes. like, that's that's etched in our brain, and 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 we won't remember, you know, uh, useful pieces of information that we should <laughs> know, but we remember all this shit. You know, yes, that's right. Speaking of useful bits of information, let me tell you. I called it on this pod. Those of you who are loyal listeners know I I said it with help from CMFK, the nemesis, my buddy. We predicted 100% as soon as we saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, chasing waterfalls in Hawaii with his new California girlfriend. We knew for a fact he was out there. I said he was doing mushrooms. I mean, close enough. Ayahuasca. He was out. He was fucking experiencing, touching life at the core. We knew it. Smoking weed, doing it all, man. Aaron Rodgers was out there, L-I-V-I-N. And sure enough, he told us that's exactly what he was doing. I'm, I, I mean, you know, victory lap. I'm victory lapping here, Nick, on the <laughs> drug use of Aaron Rodgers because I fucking knew it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I I mean, so I'm, I'm a Bears fan, okay? Yeah. And I live in Wisconsin. It's it's not been a uh, kind life to me here, you know, with the, yeah, the no. back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But and again, this this doesn't come from I feel like that side of me. He's just such a weird dude. He's <laughs> yes. and and he's selfish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean more more like there were the there were the first inklings of like you know Greg Jennings and some former teammates and people are like, well, you know they're just bitter about this and that. And then his family and then 
you know, keeping Green Bay hostage two off seasons in a row. And it's not about the money. Like, why does this even need to come out here? You know, that's, that's the part you have to think about is like, what's the purpose of this? And it's, he just wants some more attention in my opinion. That's Interesting. Kind of why this stuff comes out. There's about 16 or 1700, you know, players, probably 2000 players in the NFL. And before this all happened, Aaron Rodgers was, I mean, in the bottom 10th percentile. I mean, he was definitely down there. I mean, I guess Tyreek Hill or whatever, you know, if you want to put the scumbags in there of like hurt people, I guess they're below and whatever, you know, um, you know, Jay Cutler. No, I'm just joking. But like, you know, there's, there's guys down there, right? Now, I feel like he has vaulted more. He's come up in the Jax Falcone uh, favorite player rankings more than any other player because of this ayahuasca, um, you know, tripping in, 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 in Hawaii with his hot L.A. girlfriend more than any player I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. You're right. He was a selfish asshole who didn't get along with his family. Now he's at least a selfish asshole who doesn't get along with his family doing cool shit with a hot girl in Hawaii. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He, uh, I, you know what's interesting is, is the whole Devonta Adams thing. Like I know it was a long time ago, but like, did they just not get along? I mean, like, how did Adams get such a such a great rapport with Derek Carr for? By the way, I always mess up and say David Carr. And Me Derek, too. I, I, I always yes. mess it up. It's a shtick um, on this show now. I just say both I, of those motherfuckers, David and Derek. They're know, both whatever. bad. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's right. They're both Fresno State guys. Whatever they are, yeah. Yeah. right around the corner I mean, for th- three or four years. Like that's all they had together. And then, and then Rogers and Adams have been together for this long amount of time with. I mean, I would say more success, right? <clears throat> and he's like, nah, I want to go over there. Like, that just adds more to it. It's just, it's just so weird to me. In the end, in the end, he's a great player. It's it's weird stuff. Um, but I mean, again, like live your life like however you wanna live it, you know. Like yeah. and I think part of it too, I heard was like him coming to grips more with like himself and yeah. and I'm I'm all okay because I mean mental health is huge, man. Yeah. I don't think we don't talk enough about it. I, that's that's my profession, by the way. I'm a counselor. Like that stuff is so important. And and you what you think about yourself matters more than what others think about you anyway. So yeah. if he that's has to right. do this to to get in a better space, and it's legal per NFL and per his society, or whatever, that's fine then. You know, because because you you need to do. I think you need to come with a good headspace to produce the best version of you. Are are you on this pod as an intervention? Like, am am I going through something right now that I don't know about? Are you are you, are you here for me because you heard about me? No, I'm just joking. Okay. All right, it's not, uh, now yeah, it broke the yeah. ice. Not now. Oh, now it's out. Here we go, Scott. Scott, you need to love yourself. Um, yes, I don't think anybody's worried about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's get to football though. Uh, you know, ayahuasca aside, here's the question: Dynasty players want to really know there's two it's basically a twofold question number one is he going to be any good meaning you know is he going to be is he going to have a top 12 season like you know because I think people are are sort of still shook by the 2019 season where we thought he was done and you know and then he all of a sudden puts back-to-back MVP seasons up and now they're saying well without Devante maybe he reverts and if he reverts number one does he revert and, and how many more years do you think he can play he's 38 yeah, those are good questions. Um, I think in, in the contract that he just signed the extension, it's it's a lot of new money, but it's it's like one year right. renewable contract. So it's yeah. not like he's like locked into anything here. Right. Um, I think it's one to two years. And hmm. and here's why. And I do think he reverts because it, it, it's weird what Green Bay is doing because the NFL right now is like, hey, throw the ball as much as possible, get all these receivers, you know, 
yeah, you, you have to get the quarterback, and that's all about throwing, right? Right. In Green Bay's like, ah, eh, get rid of the wide receivers. We'll bring in Sammy Watkins, whatever. Um, and, and we have to bring in Cobb, obviously. Yes. And then let's draft defense. Yeah. And it's like the weirdest thing. Oh, but not just not. I mean, their corners are amazing, by the way. Yeah. I say that, but not and not. But they're getting a, an off the ball linebacker and a defensive tackle in round yeah. one, and I'm just like. They they're if you look at the context of what they've done this offseason, they're trying to play for a better January. And in my opinion, running the ball with Jones and Dylan in short passing game, controlling the clock, letting the defense be better. And that leads to less points, less passing yards, and less passing touchdowns. I think his numbers have to be down. Yeah. And it's it's well documented that even when they're passing, he plays they, the Packers and Rodgers, play slow. They don't run a lot of plays. He likes mm-hmm. to you know, sort of milk the clock. You can sort of see him right now in your own, in your mind, you know, taking his time at the line, looking like he, they're not a fast paced offense. They, they don't run a lot of plays. And so if they're going to run the ball, be run heavy and slow, that's a real recipe for low pass volume. And of course it would stand a reason because they don't even have a high pass volume receiver on the team outside of uh, Aaron Jones, um, who's checks notes a running back. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And and then the, the the part with one to two years is because he, he is older and he's honestly like pretty unpredictable at this point. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's pretty defeated every time that they've lost and they've lost epically in the playoffs, which I'll say this as a Bears fan has been amazing. Yeah. In, in I bet. And, you know, um, and, and I don't know if you, if you just saw the interview with Rogers and, and big cat, yeah. We talked about that. You know, th- that is the favorite part of my year, by the way. Like, you know, I stay up. I mean, that's like Christmas. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't watch the, you don't watch the, uh, the, uh, the, the Packers playoff games. You just watch the press conferences after they lose a playoff game. That's, that's your, yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And, but the, um, I mean, that, that part of it, I mean, it just, it has to weigh on him, I would think, but this team's not going to be as good. It just isn't. You just can't lose that kind of production on the outside. And and say what people want to say about MVS. MVS has made some big plays in the playoff games lately that people don't really want to talk about. But, um, you know, and Adams. Well, the the question would be, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the question would be like, is Christian Watson going to be, you know, MVS? I mean, because really that's kind of what they hope he is, I would imagine. I, I can't believe they paid that kind of price for a MVS replacement, but he's certainly not Devontae Adams. I mean, get that shit out of your head. Um, you know, if anything, Lazard will play the Devontae role, which is he's underqualified to do. And Watson will, I, we, we have no idea if he's, you know, 10% of MVS or 300% of MVS. I mean, he's as we would say, on the MVS spectrum. And now Romeo Dubs, who I suppose we can get to here, Dubs has been getting all the sort of press. Um, do you, I, I would say it this way. You know, there's there's like a solar flare. You know, it's like, oh, that was just nothing. It's just nothing. Or is it something? And so is is Dubs a flare or is he the real deal in your mind? In other words, is he going to actually be something or should you be selling high in Dynasty? Uh, I I'm buying right now. Um, Dubs, and, yeah, and 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 part of this is to talk about Watson. Like the, yeah. the the weird strategy for the team construct is, I mean, it, I mean, at max it's three years with Rodgers, but if it's one to two, yeah, you would think getting an FCS receiver that's raw, yeah, 
to pair with Rod. It, it just doesn't make sense. And Zero so, sense. and so, you know, that, so whatever version he is, whenever he becomes, even if he hits, I know he's an athletic Marvel. Even yeah. if he does hit, it's going to be two, three, four years from now. Um, but, but dubs like the Packers corners are good. And when you hear dubs making plays, I hear over Eric Stokes, who had a very good rookie year last year, some other guys and the opportunities there. He's athletic. He's not Watson. Not many people are Watson. Um, but that's what you need. You need a good quarterback. You need opportunity, you need athleticism. And if he's, you know, he's not like beating Houston DBs, which, right. you know, last year was terrible or whatever. Um, so I think you kind of have to buy right now because by the way, training, I mean, I know it's training camp, you know, and I'm a coach and it's, you know, just one-on-ones or whatever, but it's everyday highlights. It's not one here or one there every day. And so when you have a, you know, it's like any data point when I have new data, but then I keep getting new and new data, I have to move up. If I don't, I'm going to fall behind. Yeah. I, 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 I feel there's, there's certainly guys you miss in the draft and I'm with you. Like, I don't like to stay, you know, anti just for the sake that I was not on them. Um, I was kind of off all of the late, which is a good process. Be off all of the late round wide receivers because they seldom hit, you know, like they just don't, there's usually not going to do anything for your fantasy team in large part. So generally speaking, I was off all of them, but even a little bit more, especially dubs. And as I start to look at them, I start to like them more and more now, obviously the, the, the good news coming out of camp, but he, he's got a good body, 6'2", uh, 200 pounds. That's kind of the prototype nowadays, you know, when you talk about Jamar Chase, uh, you know, uh, and um, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson size, that's right in that that zone, right around 200, right around six to six foot to 6'2". Um, he was an early producer. He actually had over almost 600 yards his freshman year. Um, he did get over a thousand yards as a, as a junior, but that was also a COVID shortened season. And, and he was, uh, you know, he's been 15 yards a catch in, in college. Um, you know, it was 1100 yards and 11 touchdowns his final year at Nevada. Maybe he made Carson strong. Maybe Carson strong's not, not very good. And, and this kid is, I don't really know. Um, but he, here's the deal. If he's, if he's connecting with, uh, and doing ayahuasca with Aaron Rodgers, maybe they're, their sort of souls are are starting to connect, and uh, you know it's time for Romeo Dubs. I mean, I did hear he had "quote unquote" dinner with uh, Aaron Rodgers, which is a big deal, big big deal, huh? Well, I mean that that's second in my opinion to if you if you got dinner with Sean McVay, you'll get an NFL coaching job. There it is. And but but if you get dinner with Rodgers, that's just below there. Wow, that's big. That's right. That there you go. Well played, sir. Um, so I I like it. I think I mean you know uh, I would imagine you're not too far out over but like you know sometimes with these guys like uh we'll, we'll just kind of touch on it like isaiah pacheco you know you, you draft these guys in the fourth and fifth round of your rookie draft i mean if you can turn around and sell these guys for 23 seconds right now you have to do it i'm i, I don't think that that's necessarily what you're getting but in some cases i believe you can because there's such hotness right now you're like there's people who are like i better buy now before he's the starter there and blah 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 you know I'm saying it's possible in some of these spots. I certainly wouldn't pay that, but I think, you know, it's going to be hard to buy him for like a third or fourth round pick. Does that make sense because of the hotness? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, I mean, in the end, you have to look at this game again, just a game of points as stocks and value. Like yes. you need to, you need to gain continually more and more chances of things hitting and this hype. I mean, 
the only thing that I like about the whole Kansas City situation, to be honest with you, is their offensive line is very good. That's yeah. the one chance I think that he has. But it's just an well, and their running backs anything. aren't right. It's a right. great combo. That's the one thing I feel like I was off Pacheco for 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 reasons unknown. I mean, he's he's two hundred and sixteen pounds. He's super fast. And, um, you know, he's a running back. That's all I need to know. I, I really, if that's all you tell me, and he got drafted, okay, great. Yeah, I mean, even if he didn't get drafted, it's like still okay. But, you know, now he's in this in this offense. And I saw the most amazing blurb. They said that he was running out of the slot. It's like, huh, well, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, if he's a pass weapon on a Patrick Mahomes offense with a somewhat ambiguous uh, pass game, uh, you know, hierarchy, and he's a running back on a team with CEH and Ronald Jones. It's like, well, there's definitely a way that this guy finds his way on the field for meaningful snaps this season. And that is something I did not have considered, would not have considered, you know, two months ago. So bravo to those who were on Pacheco. The, the one thing that I like about the um, uh, backfield stuff in Kansas City is seeing Sky more in that backfield. That mm. has been amazing to see. I don't know if you've you seen some of those highlights. No, tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. Handoffs, um, counters um, huh. with him already in the backfield. Again, he's already number 24, so you know that part yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But it's it's been pretty cool to see, and and I'm a big Sky Moore fan. I had I had Sky Moore, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. Honestly, like they're about the same guy. Me too. And it doesn't, you know, I know, you know, Ohio State versus Western Michigan and all that kind of stuff. But to me, they're all about the same guy. They're they're really athletic. They all have some things that are a little bit better than other ones in. But I really like Sky Moore. So him in the backfield, I think that th- there's opportunity for touches there because Tyree's yep. gone. Yep. So. Yeah, I think, uh, I you know, like I said, it's somewhat ambiguous. I think there'll be opportunities to, just like last year, like Jalen Waddell, there'll be opportunities to buy low, so to speak, as soon as, you know, week one or week two and they – you know, remember Justin Jefferson in year one was being outplayed by Ola B.C. Johnson. That was your buy window in Justin Jefferson. Of course, we we say that type of stuff. And if you did, did the same thing for like Nikhil Harry and Jalen Reger, you're not exactly happy. But you get the drift. Like, you know, look, if they are going to hit, you might as well wait for the dip. And it's probably coming for Sky Moore, I think. You know, as I, I do think with enough veteran presence in that locker room, you know, you got Juju, MVS, even Cole Hardman now can be, you know, classified as a veteran. Uh, I don't think Sky Moore is going to come out week one and, and dominate. I do like him in, a lot in Dynasty. I don't love his price in redraft. Not sure if you agree with all that, but I think there will be a buy window for Sky Moore yet again. Hmm. Uh, well, I've heard really good things about Juju as well. So, I mean, that's – we already know Kelsey's going to eat there. He's going to be the yeah. number one. Uh, but I but also that's, that's an interesting thing in Kansas City because you wonder if they're going to change the offense and it's going to be not as much – some big shots and it's going to be a lot of short passing because MVS is going to be big shots, but also yeah. that could be, that's the thing too that I think people really miss out on in terms of, of the actual football is you see these fast receivers on teams and they'll overspend money or draft picks to get them. That's for the dynamic of the offense for how Bingo. a defense has to guard you. That stuff is so important. That's why yeah. people are like, Oh, why are you spending this much on a John Ross. That's because the safety has to stay deep and it opens up everything else underneath for like, you know, a Travis Kelsey. That's why you have MVS. You know? yes. So all that stuff I think matters. Um, yeah, redraft, I could see it coming, but also I've seen Skymore make plays. So I, I don't really know how it's going to work out, but it's I, 
I don't think that's as good of a gamble in redraft as Romeo Dubs is, if I had to compare the two. So so say that again. So basically you think uh, Dubs is a better gamble than Skymore in redraft? Is that what you're saying? Or Correct. the other way around? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree with that because Dubs, well, Dubs now making his uh, ascent in uh, underdog best balls, he's now draftable. You know, I mean, if, at one point he was not being drafted at all. Now, of course, he's being drafted. So he's a late round pick at, at that point. So yeah, it's funny, you know, obviously the the these guys move around the other guy who's moved up that you just mentioned is juju i've been saying juju has been a value all year i mean i don't you know we we had the conversation i can't remember who it was it was like oh it was danny kelly when i had him on the pod and it was like if juju misses he made a good point he's like if juju is just like kind of falls flat because he's on a one-year deal that wasn't even a very good deal like then he's in trouble a little bit because like he didn't get money this year like it wasn't like oh he was a priority for the nfl this year so like if he sort of falters again it's like well who are you you know what i mean you're you're just another dude in the nfl you're nobody but if he has a huge year he might get a big contract right there in kansas city and stay tethered to mahomes for another two three four years right so juju's inflection point here is certainly upon him and uh but i think that we're better for him to find that that opportunity and that that ceiling than with patrick mahomes in an offense with Cole hardman and MVS, who you just talked about it, the utility of MVS is a lid lifter. He's that's what he is. He's not going to be a 120 target guy ever. He's going to be, you know, 50 to 80 targets, and a lot of them are going to be down the field, and that's what it is. Um, and Mecole and a rookie, you know. So yeah, I think they they just came out and and were mentioning how they're using Juju all over the field, like they did with him when he was with uh, Antonio Brown in year one and two, not uh, 80 85 percent slot like he was the last two years with a rubber-armed uh, Big Ben. So I think it's a completely different situation. I think he's going to be utilized completely different. And if he can show just a shadow of what he was in years one and two of his career, he's going to have a, a, a huge year. And at his ADP, I think he's an absolute smash. He usually goes outside the top 24 in redraft, even outside the top 24 in best ball. And he was – I think he's moved up. Last I checked, he was outside the top 40 wide receivers in dynasty, which makes no sense because he's still young. So if he's going to be a borderline top 24 uh, uh, wide receiver this year, how can he be outside the top 40 in dynasty? Makes no sense to me. I think he's an absolute smash. Now, I do see the downside, but the upside is too tantalizing at the cost. So I'm with you on Juju. Yeah, and and the the weirdest thing with him is how much – he gets paid in free agency two years in a row. Like he's like, yep. it's almost like he doesn't care about money, which is weird. But I, I mean, last year staying with Pittsburgh, I mean, and he got hurt. I get that. But this year with Kansas City, I mean, that's just a huge opportunity. That would be like the only place he could have gone and gotten a better opportunity than he has with Kansas City is Dallas. Yeah. And so you know, go you know, going wherever someone passes a ton with a huge volume offense with a big opportunity. Yeah, I mean, this is it. If he doesn't show it, I have him in best ball, and I think that's the best place to even have him. Because it's like, psh, he's either going to take off or he's not. And I can have other guys fill the slot without you know, having to start him, you know, and and I could get some huge dividends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Best ball is kind of fun that way. You're like, yeah, whatever. Um, let's let's move to something that I know you want to talk about. I, I still want to touch on it. I sent a tweet, and it was kind of funny because the tweet was uh, – uh, Lawrence uh, over Trey Lance and Dynasty still. And I have him back-to-back, so it's like I was kind of being an asshole uh, to Twitter, which I do. Here's where I've come for the actual conversation. But I- I'm going to start with the three elite quarterbacks from last year, or at least the the three ceiling quarterbacks from last year, which is Fields, Lance, and Lawrence. 
Um, you know, I still think, <clears throat> excuse me, I still think those three guys are in dynasty ahead of the other three that we'll get to in a moment. Maybe you can disagree, but if uh, if you do agree, w- what order do you have these guys in? Obviously, Fields first because you're a Bears fan, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent bias there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have it. I have it. Fields, Lance, Lawrence, and Lance and Lawrence are back to back for me. So really you do have Fields you. first. God bless you. Yep. You're you're I a do. good homer. I do. Yeah, and and so this is this is part of it for me in in um, kind of why I wanted to talk about it, but just straight up for Lance and you know we've probably seen the training camp reports of him struggling and the 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 bay area niners yell at me and they're like well it's because he has such a great defense to go against that's why it's bad and then i mean i don't want to debate a bunch on twitter because that just never really wins generally but you know i watched all of his snaps last year uh as you know in in the nfl and i mean i don't know if people watched that or broke it down but it it wasn't good and he's he's such a young guy and here's the part I think that people forget about a lot is he's just he just doesn't hasn't started a lot. So if you take if you take his high school since high school, college and NFL starts, he has 19 starts. Okay. If you look at if you look at I'm gonna go through the rest of the guys and then plus two other guys I think he gets compared to a lot in terms of starting. So college and first year of NFL. Justin Fields has 32. He's the next lowest. So he's 13 more starts than than Lance. Then it's Zach Wilson and Lamar Jackson both have 41, which is more than double. Then you got Jalen Hurts has 46. And then Trevor Lawrence, you know, the guy you have 53. Right. I mean, he's he's closer to almost three times the amount of starts that Lance has had. And even when you go back to those college starts, it was an FCS program with, with again, his boy, the most athletic FCS receiver, almost FBS receiver in Christian Watson. In the playoffs, he averaged, and again, they won the national title that year. If people don't know, North Dakota State is like the Alabama yeah. of FCS college football. They just win national titles, and they're, they're just so much better than everybody else. He averaged 150 passing yards at one passing touchdown in four playoff games. Now, people that think he's going to go lights out in the NFL, he didn't go lights out in college. Now, again, he ran the ball in college, and people expect him to run the ball in the NFL. But to me, like, if you didn't, if you never showed me you were elite, I mean, you could go back to Trevor Lawrence. You saw the eliteness in college. Justin Fields threw for six touchdowns against Clemson in a bowl game and right. against FBS teams, not against insurance salesmen at FCS. Right. You know, like Lamar was unbelievable in college. Hertz had some great years making Alabama come back. Like you can see all those spots. I haven't seen it with Trey Lance. And, and I know people are like, trust in Shanny, you know, but yeah, but but we've, we've also seen Dante Pettis. I mean, didn't he make Jimmy G the highest paid NFL player? You know, (laughs) we've, we've seen Trey Sermon, like we've seen misses and people act like it can't even happen here. And to me, Trey Lance as a passer is very, I mean, Brett Coleman, I don't know if you guys follow Brett. Brett yeah. Coleman's a great film guy. Brett Coleman just came out and said, hey, I know people are going to be excited. There's going to be some really good moments with Trey Lance, but it's going to be a roller coaster this year as a passer. Yeah. And so I have some big concerns with him as a passer. He'll run. And I know people love the, the the Konami code, which we'll get into. But in terms of dynasty, I need to know that Trey Lance can be at least an average NFL passer to know that he's not going to get replaced long-term in dynasty. Yeah. 
Yeah, his value is high right now because of the upside, because of the rushing, because of the Konami that you just mentioned, and I think you're going to break down a little bit more for us. But the thing about it is, you're right, we've not seen it, and I've I've said this a million times. You know, we we talked about it pre-show. I don't I don't remember how much of it's going to get on the show, but I, I we were talking about it. It's like I always say, can you deliver the ball on target and on time? And that's it. That's all you have to do as an NFL quarterback. And if you can't do that, you're out. If you can do that, you've got a shot. You know, and then can you process everything? But like literally, can you get it? These guys are always covered. Like I know sometimes they're open, you know, but generally speaking, guys are basically always covered. You know, you watch that Super Bowl this last year where Matt Stafford was making these throws and, and that last drive. It's not like guys weren't open. He threw them open. They were he looked that no look pass across the middle to to, to cup like that's so high level. It's un- unbelievable. Like you need to be really exquisite to be excellent. Now the flip side is like when you talk about Hertz and Lamar Jackson, some of these guys who can make a living running the football puts an added level of pressure on the defense and does create guys to be more open more often. But it's, you know, we just talked about it with Lamar pre-show too. They go to that cover zero. There's a little bit of a, a way to 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 counter what they're doing, and he's had a hard time with it. I, I think uh, Trey Lance might have a hard time with, with those types of things as well, but we don't even know. That's the whole point. Like, he could be Tom Brady as a passer and Lamar Jackson as a runner. Uh, probably not, but, you know, he could be. We, have, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't really seen it. But Trey Lance... Trey Lance is a, like a tools player. In other words, like just like Josh Allen when he came out, Josh Allen was drafted for his tools, not for his you know performance because he had bad completion percentage in college and he had bad completion percentage for his first two years and took an amazing leap forward and now he's Josh Allen. You know, it's unbelievable. I think that's incredible. Well, I think Trey Lance is similar to that in that they don't think they have a finished product. Which is kind of scary because they're gonna they're a they're a Super Bowl contending team or at least a certainly a playoff aspiration team. Like they think they can do something. And so they don't really have a backup quarterback if they are gonna release Jimmy G. We'll get there. But like so to me, it's like that's the the question with Trey Lance. It's not what like it's you know, I said it about Malik Willis, say it about Trey Lance. If they're a good NFL quarterback, just a good NFL quarterback just like Jalen Hurts, then they're going to be a an absolute smash in fantasy. You know, so I think it's like what you're asking is, is Trey Lance any good at the NFL art of playing quarterback? That's a huge question. If it's at all, yes, like even if it's not great, like he's a six out of ten, then yeah, he's gonna be fucking outstanding as an as a fantasy player. Make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. and that part I, I agree. And um yeah. and because I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not a hater. I mean, you nope. look, you can see the arm. You can see the, at times, like, awesome accuracy. This is college and yep. and NFL. You can see his, he's a pretty fearless runner, uh, which I I don't necessarily love all the time. But Josh sword, Allen's yeah. also, yeah. Josh Allen's kind of like that, you know, where yeah. he's like, well, whatever. But, he, I mean, Josh Allen's bigger, but he, he is doesn't bigger. really, you know, it doesn't, sometimes, like, you need that to get yards and touchdowns, you know. So looking into the, the, the numbers piece of this, because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a film guy, you know, the, the numbers guys are different people, but you know, I still, I know how numbers work and I can add. You're you're aware of math. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, somehow I, you know, I graduated, but so, (laughs) 
So I, I wanted to know kind of the range of outcomes here for Treelance. And, I, and I'm sure there's people that, that are going to go higher and lower. And I've heard like, you know, Jalen Hurts last year should be the floor and all this kind of stuff. Well, I want to put one thing out there. So I looked up rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks since 1980. There have been, there, there's one person that's had multiple seasons of 10 touchdowns or more. And that's Cam Newton. And Cam Newton had never did it in back-to-back seasons, by the way, which I was a little surprised at. Josh Allen's never had 10 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson's high, I think, is seven, which, which shocks me. I thought Lamar Jackson would have 10 touchdowns in the season. He hasn't. Uh, Kyler Murray had 11 two years ago. Last year, he didn't. Um, other guys that had double-digit would be like, back in the day, by the way, would be like Dante Culpepper had one year. Cordell Stewart had one year. But... Nobody else had double-digit touchdowns besides Jalen Hurts last year. I think just using that baseline is a little bit um, unfair because uh, expecting someone to do something that's an outlier. And I'm just going to say this. He's not Lamar Jackson. Okay, no. we need to put that out there. Lamar Jackson is a 4-3-40 quarterback who I believe is a better runner than a passer. I don't think that's a hot take. I, he can still pass the football. He's way better at running. He's like, he's unbelievable. He's the best runner we've seen as a quarterback ever. He's better than Vic. I'm sorry. Maybe. I like Vic. You know, Vic was a better, uh, maybe this makes sense. Like he was a better scrambler. Yep. Yep. Does that make sense? Like he, you, Vic would be in trouble and you'd be like, oh, he's out of trouble. Like Lamar sometimes still kind of isn't quite as nuanced getting out of there. Once he's out of there, you may be right. I, th- I think he's a more powerful runner than Vic was too. Like he can play through contact. Vic would just evade contact with, you know, that he was just lightning quick, you know, and yep. not that Lamar Jackson isn't, but I think Vic was like a little quicker. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's like the uh, structured runs. Lamar's yes. better unstructured better. to be Vic. Yeah, better. I'm with you. By a yep. lot. Like, yeah, Lamar yeah. Jackson's so much better as a structured yeah. runner. Yes, absolutely. And But Trey Lance to me, Trey Lance is like, and I even think Jalen Hurts is better, um, not you know, out of script than in script. I think yeah. I think Trey, Trey Lance is a little bit more in script, even though he can scramble. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like Trey Lance is a little bit more of the Colin Kaepernick type quarterback, big arm, athletic, can make things happen, but not um, going to be this great passer. I feel like he's more in that type of a mold of player. So anyways, just when we look at these numbers, you know, and, and Jalen Hurts is, is the floor. I just feel like that's a little bit unfair of expectations. So I what I did is, is I looked at, I looked at the rookie quarterbacks from last year, which again, I, I talked about again, the baseline, right. Of, of these guys having so many more starts than Trey Lance. Right. So even if we put him in the categories of what these guys did when they first became a starter, and Lance, I feel like Lance is going to struggle because he just doesn't have a baseline as a starting quarterback. College, NFL, <laughs> like you have to, to be good at your job, you need to do your job a lot. And then you get better at it. I mean, generally, that's how it works. So his range of outcomes, I, I took completion percentage. I looked at touchdown percentage. I looked at yards per attempt. You know, I I, I tried to look at the San Francisco 49ers, what they do, Jimmy G. So the players I looked at, I looked at like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, um, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, his first year, and then uh, Jalen Hurts the last two years, uh, and then uh, Jimmy Grapple. And I kind of put this range of outcomes. So what I did is I put in passing yards, okay? So 
the 49ers aren't going to throw a lot, everybody. I, I hope people know that. They're, they're yeah. going to run the ball. That's a what lot. they do. They have a good team. They're, they're, the defense is going to keep them in it. They don't need to throw 600 times like Tom Brady. Like, they're going to run, you know? <clears throat> and so, on top of that, when they do pass, based on what I saw last year, what I think people anticipate as well, Trey Lance is going to drop back. And if the first or second read isn't there, he's probably going to run. And so his rushing numbers might go up a little bit from that, but I think there's going to be less pass attempts. So I have Trey Lance in his pass attempts uh, between, and, and Mike Clay, if people don't um, know this, Mike Clay puts out all of his projections, which yeah. I have saved and he yeah. adjusts them. It's lovely. Do you have that? No, but I'm looking at mine. So I'm curious what you're going to say and I'll tell you how far off I am. Um, and so I, um, he has missed 463 pass attempts which I think might be a little bit low, but I think any, I think I looked at between 463 and 490. I think that should be probably the range, which if you look at completion percentage, the younger quarterbacks, it's going to be a little bit lower. Trey Lance was 57 last year. It's probably going to be a little bit lower in terms of quickly processing, which we talked about earlier in terms of finding your checkdowns. Like that increases a lot of things and still ahead of script in terms of first down, second down, third down and long, all that kind of stuff. I have him projected between 27 30 and 3400 passing yards i think that should be the, the the range what do you think about that one uh low side of how many I, low side is 27 30 and then the high side is 3400 i i do think that the high side could be higher but um i think low side if he plays every game is probably between 3000 and you know 4,000, right? I mean, he's not going to throw for over four and he, I don't know, man. I, I feel like if he plays every game, I don't think you're going to see him under three, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you a little bit. Okay. And in that range, in, in that part of it, I think matters a little bit less because, you know, passing yards in fantasy football isn't huge. You know, you don't get a, I mean, that's not where the bulk of the points come from. So I, I in that range is uh, 130. And again, this is, you can, whatever your league settings are, however you want to do it. I just took one league. It was 137 points to 170 points. So that, that's the range of, you know, all of them there. The passing T rate, I think, is actually really important because, I mean, Lance, or I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lamar, Hertz, all had a uh, passing TD rate between, well, some of them were at like 2.3, <laughs> which is low, um, to 4.1 in terms of when they first started becoming a starter, which, you know, isn't great. But again, like, you know, you want to get above um, five or higher. Now you're talking, you're in that really high end quarterback range. So I think anywhere between 2.6 and 4.5 probably makes a lot of sense. Um, And that's only 12 to 22 touchdowns passing, which I think people are like, whoa. But I mean, Again, you look at last year, we had some young quarterbacks that struggled. Dean Squares threw a lot at them. And even if you give them the benefit of Kyle Shanahan, you also have a quarterback that hasn't started a bunch either. So 12 to 22, that gives you 72 to 132 points in six-point leagues, which is the one that I used as a baseline. Um, rushing yards, I have 516, which is what Mike Clay has, to 700. Do you think he could exceed 700? He could, but I think that's a good range of outcomes. I have him right around 500 too. So I like you have to build in, like when you do a projection too, it's what's interesting about projections is you're not saying this is what will happen. You're saying this is the center of what the outcomes will be. 
you know, or at least closest to what, uh, you know, you're sort of, cause like if you were to project something to happen, um, like a, like an over under, will a guy run for 30 yards in a game? It's like, well, he could run for 130, but overall over the year, like he's going to average 30, he's going to have some games at 21 and you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, 35 yards a game is sound, doesn't sound like a lot, but oh, he could run for way more than that one play. It's like, yeah, I'm just talking about over the course of time. So when you do these projections, they sound a little bit silly, but yeah, I agree with you. No, I think 500 yards is a, is a fair number. And then, yeah, of course he, he look if, if, but it's going to be one at the other. So if he ends up rushing for like a thousand yards, 900 yards, he's certainly not going to have, he's going to be on the low side of the passing numbers. Like he's not going to have 4,000, 4,000 yards passing and thousand yards rushing. That's not, that's not happening. You know, then it's like, oh yeah, he had 2,900 passing yards and 900 rushing yards or, you know, he had 480 rushing yards, but wow, he threw for 3,700. You know what I mean? So it's going to be in that ballpark for sure. What did you think on the passing touchdowns that, that 12 to 22 number? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, well, if, if it's 12, then all the Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo shares are fucking running out of the building screaming fire. But, you know, I think it's going to be, I think you look at, I look at team first, right? So that team, I think, is going to be a good team, a run heavy team. And, you know, I think they're going to score touchdowns. I don't think they're, I don't think he's going to be 12. Now, if he were all of a sudden dropped on the Jacksonville Jaguars from last year, Boy, oh boy, that's the thing. That's where I start to have some issues. I think that there is some structural integrity to this team, and they're going to put him in positions to succeed. Like he's going to have these little, you know, they're going to run the ball effectively. And we talked about it pre show. They're going to have some play action off that that's going to give him some easier throws. And he's going to have those, you know, swing it to Debo. Debo makes the touchdown. So I, I, I don't know that he's going to end up as low as 12. I mean, I think you'd have to see an injury. Or if he's that low, he's going to be benched because that means he's not even scoring a touchdown a game, not even close. So, yeah, I think you got to really, you know, think about him. I think somewhere between, you know, eighteen to twenty-five is where I put him. You know, I think I, I have him. I'm not looking at it right now. I'm actually doing something else. But uh, twenty-three or something like that is sort of the projection. I don't. I just don't see him throwing thirty or more. But I think twenty, you kind of have to circle. So I'm not against the twelve. I just think it's probably less likely. Okay, yeah. So, so you'd have a little bit higher, somewhere maybe like in the fifteen to twenty-five or whatever. Yeah, twenty-ish. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah. So, the, and then rushing touchdowns again. I just kind of went over that historically. I, so I have the five between. Yeah, I mean four, four, four to nine. I mean, yeah, nine's high, exactly. But like four to nine. Yeah. Yep. I have ten to fifteen interceptions. I think it's fair because yep. he threw some last year. Absolutely. Full-time starter. It could be higher. Again, could be lower. Yes, um, absolutely. Yep. And fumbles, I have between. Um, two to six. Yep. It really depends as a running yep. quarterback too. He's going to have more in there. So anyways, projecting all that into points, um, the, the, the outcomes, the, the lowest range of all of those is two fifty seven for total points. The median is three thirty five, And then the highest is, is four twelve. which, you know, it, again, that's in one league and you get, and this is just kind of how you look at it. You know, in that one league, I looked at four twelve, and four twelve wasn't, it would have been top. It would have been maybe ten last year, yeah. which I know we always talk about. Like he's ten for sure in the floor, and so that's when I started looking at these numbers. And I'm like, man, is he a lock for that? You know, and I know you had some of the the numbers as high and maybe a little bit higher, which it could be. Um, but that's what gets me a little bit worried here when we always just say all these rushing quarterbacks are you know locks for this, and I think a lot of people are like, well, just wait grab a rushing quarterback like that's like i feel like the the formula this year and when yeah. i actually looked at the numbers it scared me a little bit 
Yeah, I think I, I, I'm I'm like I said, if he can if he can sort of just be competent as a passer when they need him to be, um, I think he's going to smash because then he'll they'll be able to convert. You know, you think about it. You know, how many plays you get to run is how many third downs you get to convert, right? I mean, if you don't convert, you're punting. You know, how many games did you are you like either box score watching or watching in Seattle? And you'd be at like almost halftime, and Russell Wilson would be like three of six for eight, uh, 40 yards. Like, what is going on in Seattle right now? It's because they're just running and punting, and you're like, get the fuck out of here with this game plan, you know? And so, you know, <laughs> right? Whereas, like, you know, Jameis Winston already has three touchdown passes, granted two of them to the other team, but they're, he's got, like, 200 yards passing, you know? Because they're just fucking airing it out. And so it's how they play. And I think, you know, they're going to be a little bit more the former than the latter, so he's going to have to convert. And I think that team will convert – you know their rushing attack is going to be pretty, uh, pretty good. I think TDP is showing that, you know, he he might be a a, a very good match for uh, Trey Lance, uh, which is going to be interesting to see how they play it. The other thing is too, like, what is Trey Lance going to do on the ground? Like, you know, we talked about it. Is he? He's not Mike Vick. He's not Lamar Jackson. But like, where is he? Right? Like, does he end up being like a four yard per carry, or can he be like a five and a half, six yard per carry where like he's gashing them? You know what I'm saying? And then can he stay healthy? You know, those are big questions for me. You know, obviously, if you're a running quarterback and you're playing that style and you're not just sitting back, you know, picking the defense apart from the pocket, you're going to be in some collisions. And I'm not sure that he has the nuance after only starting 19 career games now in the NFL with the speed around him to know exactly when to get down, how to get down, how to protect himself. So those are some of my concerns. And you mentioned he's not as big as Josh Allen. Um, so I have concerns with Trey Lance and that's where I'm at. Like, that's why I said Lawrence over Lance. It's not for a ceiling. It's for the floor. I think Lawrence, we kind of know what he is. I think he's a top 15 type of quarterback, you know, going forward. I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback Lance. Yep. I give you that. He can get there, right? Like if he hits his, 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 his Zenith, then yeah, you're right. He's, uh, Jalen hurts. Right. But I'm not sure that he is. I mean, I suppose he could be more than Jalen Hurts, but you get my drift for sure, you know? So, yeah, that's where I'm at with this whole thing is I'm not sure how uh, effective he will be when they need him to be effective in the way, you know, shotgun. They're down, you know, they're down 13 late in the third. Uh, What's he going to do? You know, we want to see Mm -hmm. it. And when we see it, that's when we'll we'll know what we've got. Um, But until then, it's a projection. I'm with you. Yeah, and and Trey Lance was hurt last year. He yeah. had his knee last year. That's why he missed a little bit of time. And, and there was a yeah. there was a play, and honestly, I don't necessarily um, uh, fault him for this. It was a fourth and goal, and he lowered his shoulder and tried to run through it, and he got knocked almost out by three yeah. defenders trying to lower his shoulder in. But also, I don't want my quarterback taking those hits, and he does that. He he did that in college. He would lower yeah. his shoulder, and like this is a different league, and I don't a want different him taking league. those hits. Yeah. Now, when he scrambles, he's pretty smart about saving his body. Uh, sometimes, but I'm also worried about that with Justin Fields too. And and that's one thing I think that we don't talk about when we go back to Lawrence here is he's an athletic guy too. Do we forget about it? He can run. And that's another part of the, you talk about this fantasy football and projections and stuff. Trevor Lawrence can get 500 yards rushing. I don't know why we don't even talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That That is one of the reasons that I do like Trevor Lawrence is I, I think that he Actually, you know, look, he started 17 games, right? And I know people are like, uh, yeah, so what? It's like he started 17 games in the NFL with 
honestly the worst possible scenario that he could have been dealt like a really shitty organization that can't ever seem to get it right like when was the last time you're like you know who does it right is the Jaguars I just every time I watch them they just do it right like they've squandered everything remember they had Jalen Ramsey on their team like they should be a good team like they had all these first round picks they've squandered all of them you know they 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 blew the draft the Trevor Lawrence draft like they took a running back in the first round. They never traded back. They just took a bunch of injured players. They got nothing to show for that. And they had like seven top uh, 75 picks. They fucked that draft up so bad. I was watching it just hoping that they would do something right. And of course they did. You know, bulky. I mean, it's just, it's awful. So he he withstood all of that and threw the ball over 600 times and afforded himself fairly well. I mean, he didn't do anything great, but like, it's like, I mean, it could have been even worse. Um, so some of the advanced numbers show that he was actually fairly effective uh, in some situations where, you know, he had – who was his best receiver last year? Like, who was his best tight end? Like, he didn't have shit, you know. Um, so I think all the way around, Trevor Lawrence was put in about as bad a situation as you could ever hope for. And, uh, you know, it's not that much better is kind of the number one problem. I mean, it's only a little bit better, but it is better, isn't it? Oh, it is for sure. And, and even if you looked at last year, which by the way, I love the ghost of Laquan Treadwell made a reappearance and actually, you know, did something yeah. last year. It was actually, it was nice to see because just for him as a person, like I'm like, gosh, it's so nice. He just did something. But Trevor Lawrence got better as a, as a pure quarterback in terms of film, in terms of making reads at the end of last year, that it does give me hope in terms of this guy turning the corner and again, being a good quarterback because he can run too. And so like, if you want to look at like Trey Lance and you're like, Hey, you know, he's going to run and it's going to be seven to 900 yards and all these rushing touchdowns. If Trevor Lawrence runs for four 500 and five rushing touchdowns, yeah. but he does pass for 4,200 yards. I yeah. mean, it, 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 you can go the other way too and argue Trevor Lawrence could have a, have a decent ceiling too. And, and you're he had, right. He, I mean, had 300, he, he had 334 rushing yards last year. So yeah, he, he mm-hmm. already has done it basically. Yeah, and, and I mean Doug Peterson's a better coach. They got Christian Kirk, et cetera. Like there, there's a there's a, a path here where you can see and he progressed as a player, plus that massive amount of starts I talked about, 53, where he's getting the quarterback in and getting better after and again, you know, countering defenses made to mess him up. And now all of a sudden now he's like, Okay, I know what you're doing and I'm gonna do well. So I, I like Trevor Lawrence, and he's a guy I think we, we don't talk enough about. Yeah. No, I mean, he was, uh, I mean, he was more than 20 yards per game on the ground in college. I mean, he had a, a season with 563 yards rushing on five and a half yards of carry and nine touchdowns on the ground at Clemson. So he's shown it there. He showed it in his first, uh, season under the worst coach. I think we could have possibly imagined. So yeah, I'm there. The Trevor, uh, the Trevor Lawrence, uh, case is a, is a, is an easy one. He was, supposedly generational. I don't know if he was necessarily that, but he was a hell of a hell of a prospect coming in. Um, he withstood with almost a 60% completion percentage and didn't crumble to the earth, the worst situation in NFL history. And, you know, Hey, if he can improve upon last year, even just, you know, really all he has to do is throw more touchdowns, which if the team is better, that's where touchdowns come from, you know, but they just weren't very good. Uh, so he only had a 2% touchdown rate. His interception rate will almost naturally always come down. That's what happens with young quarterbacks. And if his completion percentage can be in the low to mid 60s, he'll be he'll be fine. Um, the the question I have now is is Justin Fields. 
And here's why. And I don't mean to, you might want to block your ears here. Um, Part of the reason is not necessarily Justin Fields, the player. It's the infrastructure around him. They're on their uh, a new coach. Um, I'm not sure this Eberflus guy, but I don't know that he's necessarily an offensive guru and a quarterback fixer. They have no weapons whatsoever. They are trotting out Equinemius St. Brown as the guy who's their red zone threat. Um, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, and I just don't know. The offensive line is hot garbage from what I understand. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, I think they're going to be in another uh, transition season, which is two bad seasons of opportunity for Justin Fields. I'm just, I'm very, very nervous for his future. What say you, sir? Because you have him ahead of these two guys. Yeah, no, uh, you're, you're right on. I think there's a lot, a lot of stuff to worry about with Chicago. Um, though, and, and it's weird just based on camp reports. And again, I, I, I follow them closely more than anything. The thing I'm least worried about is Justin Fields, which, which I know people are probably what, um, the offensive structure. So what they're what they're doing is they're going to do a lot of what Green Bay did, a lot of what you'll see the 49ers do in terms of getting Justin Fields out on the perimeter, which if people don't know this, I mean, Trey Lance is uh, in training. They had him at like a 4-5-5-40 type of guy. Um, Justin Fields in training um, was 4-4 flat. He, he ran a 4-4-4 at the combine. Like he, he's just a next level. He's not Lamar. He's just a just a little bit less than that, but they're way above the the Hertz and and Lance um, tier of athlete. So getting him on the perimeter and using that outside zone run in terms of that dynamic, the thing that it does is it, and and you saw this with Aaron Rodgers as well. When you stretch the defense horizontally, they can't rush the passer vertically and get in your face. So I think that, by a structure standpoint, will get Justin Fields time to pass. And again. I really like Darnell Mooney. He's a hard worker. From what I've seen, Fields works hard. Komet, I, I'm not as high in the hype train as a lot of people are, and they do need a lot of weapons. I, I feel like the Bears are kind of in this um, Detroit Lions type mold last year, and they'll need another <clears throat> year or two, but they're going to need that year or two no matter what anyway, just because of um, uh, the the previous structures and contracts and the just messing up of um, draft picks that they had. I I think that they're a little ways away with the, you know, kind of like the lines, as I said, because, you know, they they don't have all the personnel. They don't have everything, but they're getting little pieces in place. And the, the biggest part of it all is you have to believe in stuff, have to have a start of a structure. And so, you know, if, if Darno Mooney is the, um, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know what I mean? And Komet is the the Hawkinson. Well, next year, I mean, crap, they have to sign one guy and get a, a Jamison Williams. And people are excited about what's going on in Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th- th- that type of a structure in place. And and honestly, I mean, Mooney had over a thousand yards last year. You know, that's that's better than what Green Bay's trotting out there. And I think there was 13 NFL teams that had a receiver, one receiver with that many yards or more. A lot of teams don't even have that. So I, I don't think it's great. But yeah. I also think in terms of the structure and playing to Fields' strengths, uh, they're doing the best thing that they can. The Bears are yeah. going to win, crap, what, five to seven games this year? Like, they're not going to be great. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think Fields has a chance to do fantasy stuff because he's going to run a lot. 
Yeah, I, I, I liked Fields coming out. I, it was Lawrence Fields for me, one and two, and and I I, I want to still be there with uh with Justin Fields, and I am as a player. Like you pointed out, his collegiate excellence and you know all that stuff. I mean, I I think he's still a great player. He showed flashes last year for sure. But you know, being a Patriots fan for so long, it, it was always like you know, the depth of the team, you know, Bill would always sign like these four and $5 million, like, you know, linebackers and like just players that were like, Oh yeah. And then late in the year, just be like, that dude is just a good football player type of thing. And there would just always be this like structural integrity of the team. And I definitely don't think that when I think of the bears, I just think there's a very, very, they're a very flimsy, flimsy team in terms of how they're put together and even with a first-year coach, it's like there's nothing rigid for him to lean on and be like, yep, I know this is going to be fine. Um, I, I don't disagree with anything. I think Mooney's a fine player. I think Komet's a fine player. But that's generally not how you win in this league. You win with offensive line. And, you know, until they put a line around him, he's not going to be able to do the things that he's supposed to do, which is throw on time. He's going to be off time all the time. And and that's how quarterbacks get broken. We, we talked about the, the, the David Carr. Uh, not the Derek Carr, how he was broken, how, you know, maybe these guys were never good too, but they certainly never had a chance. You know, guys like even Sam Darnold to that to that degree, um, you know, was kind of a broken quarterback. I see ghosts, right? The whole thing. I mean, gaze factor, everything. So I think with Fields, it just, however long that lasts, starts to become too long at some point. Um, and so that's where I'm, I'm nervous with Justin Fields. But moving along, let's talk about the next three guys. The... Uh, the Zach, Mac, and Mills. Zach Wilson, who, of course, you know, is out there slaying. Mac Jones, who, you know, is about as much of a surefire pro as we could find. And Davis Mills, who, you know, I think uh, I mentioned before, Belichick wanted Mills if um, if Mac wasn't there. So what do we think about these three guys? And do you have confidence that all three will be NFL quarterbacks in another two or three years? Starters. Yeah, and that's that's a great question. Um, in my dynasty rankings, I have it uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones back to back, and then I have Davis Mills, you know, about five behind there. And and when I watch film, um, there's a lot to like about a lot of these guys. Honestly, even Davis Mills, I'm guys. If you haven't watched Dave, Davis Mills, is a solid, solid young quarterback. The problem is. He doesn't really fit the NFL right now, and neither does Mac Jones. Honestly, Zach Wilson is more athletic than people I think know. Um, and the hope for him is the Jets have really built a lot of guys around him with Garrett Wilson, with Elijah Moore, with Corey Davis. No matter what you think of him, he's a solid vet. Denzel Mims is having a camp. CJ Uzama, you got Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Now it's really sad what happened to their tackle. Just you know, getting yeah, hurt, but they brought in Dwayne Brown who's not good, but still they had to bring in somebody like they're surrounding him very opposite of what Chicago is doing. Again, that's based yes. on you have to have resources, but they're surrounding Zach to at least try to show what he can do. Now, again, I don't think Zach Wilson has the same ability that Justin Fields does, but Zach Wilson at least has that opportunity. I do. And, and in terms of a, a, a floor, his floor is lower. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a smart football player, but Mac Jones wins more with his brain than he does with his arm. His arm isn't bad, 
But the Patriots way is more in my opinion right now of they win with um, concepts and zone coverage and they struggle with man beaters. And that's part of why I think they got Tyquan Thornton is because you want to have a guy that can win and then defenses don't want to play man. And then all of a sudden now your concepts can win a little bit more um, because Mac Jones is, is smart. He figures things out. He, he <clears throat> like we talked about that process and what defenses are doing. He's got that part of it down, but in terms of um, carrying a team, is different. He's 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 game manager, or maybe just a little bit above that. He, I mean, his his ceiling might be like a Kirk Cousins type of a guy, um, and I like him a lot. That's not really a diss. I actually like Kirk Cousins as well. Right. Um, and uh, and Davis Mills is actually just a little bit behind Mac Jones. Now the problem is the Texans are going to be really bad. And if you're the Texans, do you hang on to Davis Mills and say no? I don't want C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I think that's really tough. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. That's going to be their their question is, do they draft a quarterback? But that's, I think, what this is. This is the audition year for Davis Mills. And, you know, whether or not he's an NFL quarterback or not, we'll find out. You said something that was interesting to me. And I think we have a hard time as analysts and even those of us who watch the game, just, you know, as a fan, we have a hard time parsing the difference. You said, uh, you know, these guys aren't exactly where the NFL is going in terms of the quarterback position, which is true. I don't disagree. Like, you know, the guys that are coming up are more athletic. They're getting drafted higher, the athletic quarterbacks. But what was the last athletic quarterback to win the Super Bowl? Like, it's been Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's pretty athletic, but he's certainly not a rushing quarterback. Um, You know, it's just, you have to go back to like 2013 when Russell Wilson won it. And even Russell Wilson is probably one of the most efficient passers in league history. So I, I do think that the NFL and the winning of NFL uh, game still falls on guys like Mac Jones and you know Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, right? These guys who can, like I say, man, stand in that pocket and deliver the ball on target and on time. If you can't do that, you're probably not going to win a playoff game or three playoff games or get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, we saw we see it every year. You know, I mean, granted, you can see Cam Newton get there pretty close, uh, but he also fell short. You know, but generally speaking, these guys are not the guys that are elevating. You know, even the criticism of Lamar, which I think is somewhat unfair, of him not winning football games. And if you think about in the playoffs, if you think about the the the, the football games that he's lost, I mean, the one sticks out in my mind where he was hitting like Willie Sneed, like between the numbers, and it would bounce off his chest plate and onto the ground. Like he was let down by his receivers in that playoff game. But look, it is what it is, right? You need to throw the throw the ball to win in this league. I don't give a shit. So, you know, I think Mac Jones is, you know, on that Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, you know, scale, you know, that that Tom Brady, Matt Stafford type of type of player. I'm not saying he's that good. We'll find out. But I still think that can win in the NFL, although it is better to have both like a Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes. You know, one thing I want to uh, just clarify here is that I think people um, and again, this is just general. I think people really miss on this part of it. Pocket presence and buying time in the pocket Oof. has almost nothing to do with athleticism. Right. And Look at Brady. Yeah. Brady's phenomenal. It's I, unbelievable. I, I, you know, it's funny. As I put that tweet out there, because I, I watched, I rewatched the um, Tampa Bay Rams playoff game two days ago. And um, I don't, I'm just a de- degenerate. Like, why am I watching yes. that? You know? No, absolutely. But, Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody listening to this show is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
But but you know what's funny is that I I forgot the ending of that game. Remember how close that game got? Cam Akers fumbled. They scored. I was like, and then Stafford hit cup deep. But anyways, yes, there was there was one play where there was like a sliver, and Brady got skinny, moved his shoulder, stepped up, bought time, and then delivered downfield. And I made a tweet. I was like, buying time in the pocket isn't about athleticism. And someone's like. This is a Justin Fields suite, which is fair because I <laughs> chat about Justin Fields all the time. Yeah. But no, this is about you have to know what to do technique wise yes. and have the uh, the courage, the stones to do it. Yeah. Because a lot of these a lot of these athletic guys, that's their problem right now. I mean, you look yep. at like Jalen Hurts and Escape. I'll, I'll even say Fields, yeah, get out, use our athleticism, which gets you yards and moves the chains. But Staying within the the structure of the offense and the concept and the timing of it, sometimes their athleticism is a detriment because quarterbacking is throwing on time. One, two, three. Your your all your cleats have to be in the ground, and then you have to throw like or hitch and throw like and and where are your eyes like all those little things matter so much in quarterbacking. And when you're bouncing around, you're like, well, I'm always been the best athlete. I can just do this or that. It throws everything off. And while True. you get five yards rushing and that looks great and that's 0.5 in my pass in my fantasy league you know it doesn't necessarily help the offense and so that's what i think even watching davis mills he's really courageous by the yeah. guideline and so <clears throat> i love that part of him but i just i i do wonder if he's going to do enough as you said in this like trial year um to hold off these other young quarterbacks i think that they're going to have to have the decision making because they're going to be a bad team I think Houston might win more games than the Bears. Sorry. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't think the Bears are very good at all, like at all. And I think that Fields is better than Mills. I'd clearly take him. But I think this team is going to be very dysfunctional. I don't trust the coach. I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I, I mean, I think I would put them both around the same. I think the over-under for the Bears is like seven or seven and a half. Like, I'm smashing the under. I don't think there's any chance they get there. I think I would put it more at like five, and and I would have I would want to bet. I don't know, man. I don't like them at all. I just don't think they're going to be very good. I, I say this every year with Bears fans. They get so mad at me. And, of course, you know, I've been right every year uh, for the last couple of years. They haven't been good. I just – I don't think this is a, a an ascension year for them. I, I, I You know, it's really bad. So, anyway, that's just the way I feel. Didn't they trade away their first-round pick this year? The Bears? Yeah, did they do that? No, th- that was this past year because uh, to get Fields, they had to move two first to get him. That's what I'm saying. Th- 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 this com- – or th- this – not Wait. not next year, but the the current year. Oh, they, this they past year. Yeah, year. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The, yeah. The, one th- here's here's my only play. I guess is Thank to watch Chicago. I think could surprise people is two things, and we already talked about the offensive structure and Justin Fields. It's not that they had the thirty second uh, ranked quarterback rating for pass defense last year. They were mm. really bad. And what, yeah. and what did they do in the second round? What nobody wanted them to do. They wanted. They want George Pickens. They want Sky Moore. They want all these guys. But when you're 32nd ranked, they weren't 32nd in passing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. and, they, and they brought in Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, and you paired them up with Jalen Johnson, who's really good if people don't know. You pair that all together, and all of a sudden, that if that team's even middle of the way in pass defense, that helps out, a, I mean, a ton for a defense. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Which yeah. I think gives you the opportunity to win. So I yes. think those are the only two things. I don't think they have a chance at winning nine games, but I think yeah. five to seven is probably yeah. the range. Yeah, I agree. You know, speaking of smashing at um, at uh, at camp, have you heard about my man 
Mr. Gabe Davis, uh, just absolutely impressing everybody at Bills camp. Have you have you heard the buzz? I mean, I love Gabe Davis. My my dynasty teams love Gabe Davis. Um, my my trade last year, you like this one when when the hype was decent. I traded Gus Edwards for Gabe Davis last oh, year right at the beginning of the year. So, so it, was, good. it was nice. But that's a good one. Um, I heard this as well. I heard Gabe Davis didn't take a day off all off season working. And so he's got the work ethic on top of everything. I think it's honestly, I, I know people want to crunch the numbers and all this and that. I think you have to throw it out when it's one of these situations, you have an elite quarterback, you have an, a, a huge opportunity Yes. when, you know, it's not just your slot receiver is gone, but also Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Um, and you have a guy that's ascending who has size to win in the red zone, which is what you need. And yep. there's targets and he has rapport with, with Josh Allen. I think it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the, there, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, math wizards. I had one on the, the DFB encounter and there's a lot of people betting against him and I get it, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm not like, Oh, for sure. He's a top 10. You know, no, no, no. Hold on. That's ridiculous. Like, I just think that when you start to look at, you know, the Mike Williams, the, that, that sort of Jerry Judy, and you're in that area drafting. It's like, well, why wouldn't you start considering a guy like Gabe Davis? I mean, you know, he has access to ceiling and I would ask, what do you think his ceiling is? Like if you just were, you know, in your, in your mind, like, oh, he could probably go for, what, what do you think the ceiling is? Uh, 1200 yards, maybe 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And I mean, you know, so that's the, that's the idea is the 10 touchdowns, you know, like, um, I don't think he's specifically going to score 10 to 15 touchdowns. I just think he can. And, and that, and like, you, you know, you said it actually a little earlier, I mentioned this in the DFB encounter, um, pod. I, I said, you know, if I told you that there were three wide receivers in the NFL this year who scored 15 receiving touchdowns, you would pick obviously a lot of the top level guys. You know, you'd pick the Justin Jeffersons, the Cooper Cups, the Jamar Chases. Of course, they would certainly be first. But in the top 20 somewhere, you'd start thinking about Gabe Davis because you'd be like, well, I would just look at all the dope offenses. I'd be like, you know, I'd look at all the all the quarterbacks who could throw 40 to 60 touchdowns and start looking on those teams. Like, oh, did we think about Allen Robinson? It's like, oh yeah, he could do that. You know, but it's probably not DK Metcalf. You know, not because DK Metcalf isn't good, but put DK Met put DK Metcalf in Buffalo this year instead of Gabe Davis. It's like, you know, he's a top fucking five receiver. You know what I mean? But he's going, you know, twenty fifth to thirtieth now with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I mean, obviously there's a symbiosis there, and I think that's what people miss with this is that nobody's saying Gabe Davis is a better football player than Allen Robinson. We're just saying like. He has this ceiling access. All that being said, what do you think is his floor? I mean, plays, uh, you know, games, not not injury, but like what's his floor? And, you know, the funny thing about this is, is, is if you look at what he's already done. Yeah. And I know people, people love looking at that. <clears throat> As a rookie, he had 599 yeah. yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. And last year was 549 and six and right. That's outside of the playoff game. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like he's already had seven and six touchdowns and that's on 62 and 63 targets. If yes. he gets 
okay, if we double all of that stuff, okay, you can see some of the ceiling stuff that we're talking about. And that's not even at 140, 150 targets. That's at yes. 120 targets. Yes. That's not a ton. Um, his floor has to be what? Like 800 yards? Yes. Like, and that's, yes. And that's literally only 250 more than he had last year. That's not a crazy amount. And that's nope. with James Cook smashing. That's with Isaiah McKenzie probably smashing. That's with Dawson Knox still smashing and Diggs being Diggs. So I'm not talking yes. about an injury, but all those guys have to hit because the pie in Buffalo is so big and it's high Correct. quality. I also uh, made that point to to the DFB encounter and, and he was like, well, maybe they all just kind of are average. And it's like, I'm not sure about that. I think if you don't like Gabe Davis, if you think he's going to really be a floor play and he's only going to get seven, 800 yards, 700 to 850 yards and five touchdowns, then well, someone's going somewhere because that team's going to score and they're going to throw for, you know, four, 4,000 yards. So, okay. So he has 700. Diggs is going to go crazy. Of course, we, we think Diggs is going to go crazy regardless. I mean, he's going to be 150 targets, hundred catches, you know, 1200 yards floor. You know, that's his like floor. Um, and it's like, okay, well someone else has to do something. Cause that's still only 2000 yards. You know what I mean? Like, where's the other 2000 yards going to, it's not going to be a 3000 yard passing offense it just won't be so yeah I agree with you it's got to go somewhere you know someone else has to has to make something happen if he doesn't so I'm all in on the Gabe Davis uh smashing this year and my dynasty teams are gonna love it um I'm just I'm just holding on tight another one in camp that is like just confirming all the priors uh, for me is the Albert O news you know I was sad to see Tim Patrick get hurt he's you know kind of a you know uh, favorite of mine. I like that, that dude, uh, you know, kind of come from nowhere, earned his money. Thankfully he did get his money before he got hurt. But long story short is now they, they're the camp report is that they're moving Alberto all over the place. And he's basically looking like he's a hundred percent snap, uh, snap share guy. That's going to be used all over the place. Uh, you like that? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I, I do. And I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm an old guy here watching Debbie. I remember Albert O in Missouri yes. a long time ago with Drew Locke and yes. all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen in Denver. That's like the biggest thing I can't figure out is because, and like you said, I'm happy Tim Patrick got paid because he's a little bit of an older guy anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is, we're talking about their lives. So I'm yes. glad that he's got money for the rest of his life and all that kind of stuff. No matter if he does come back next year or does. I hope he whatever. comes back. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be back to um, early ACL, so hopefully he'll be back for week one next year. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what the offense is going to be in general. I don't know. Are they going to let Russ cook? Are they going to just run the heck out of the ball and take some shots with with Sutton? Like, it's tough because, I mean, I also like KJ Hamler. I like him as a comeback candidate. Montreal Washington has got a lot of buzz as a rookie. Um and, you know, Alberto, I mean, I like Greg Dulcich too. So I don't know. I just don't know how the pie is going to be. That's the biggest thing that's kind of like um, troubling me with Alberto because he's got, when you look at their team, I mean, the only guy with size in the red zone is is Sutton. So that's where Alberto, I think, could really see some, you know, some, maybe if he doesn't get the yards, maybe he could be like a, uh, like a Dawson Knox last year where he gets some higher touchdown upside because, Russell Wilson throws touchdowns, everybody. If you don't remember, I know last year was like a bad year. Like that guy always throws 30 touchdowns or more. So that's the one thing you can look for. But I just don't know if it's like a, a high volume offense and, and Albert O gets like 600, 700 yards, or if it's like a low volume and they run a lot and just take some deep shots and he gets like 
four to four fifty, you know. I think it's got to be a, a a high volume offense uh, because um, they're going to be playing the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders, and I think that's going to necessitate them to have to score points. You know, we all agree that Herbert and Mahomes are scoring points this year. Yes, okay, great. I think I think the Raiders are certainly going to be a uh, be a team that needs to score. They're Defensive secondary, I don't think, is exactly that good. Uh, they've got a couple edge rushers, that's for sure. Um, that, wow. Uh, but uh, but past that, their offensive line isn't that great. I think they're going to have to throw. I don't think they're going to be able to run the football to, to win. So I think the Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, those six games are going to be high scoring. I think they're going to be a high scoring offense, Denver. And I think they're going to be forced into some shootouts uh, throughout the season. So I think they're going to have to throw the ball. And they didn't bring in Russell Wilson to just do what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. I think that they paid him all that money because they saw what we all saw. Um, you know, So I think they're going to be able to throw the football and take Tim Patrick out of the mix, and you just have even more sort of targets to flow through the offense. Now, if that some are going to go to K.J. Hamler, etc., you know, it's not all to one player, but they're certainly now uh, distributed because he's gone, right? So um, somewhere, somehow – you know, I think someone's going to score some touchdowns because you're right. Uh, Russell Wilson does score touchdowns. This just in. Staying in Denver, uh, Melvin Gordon uh, hurt his foot. And of course, uh, I don't know if it's even out. If it's, it's He's probably going to be fine. I hope he's fine. But it, for the moment when that news snippet came out, the Javante Williams hive, who, by the way, I'm sort of part of, I got to be real honest. But I mean, I wasn't part of the the, the group that was celebrating the Melgo in, in injury, but uh, it does start to make you think, oh my God, if anything were to happen to Melvin Gordon, the Javante Williams ceiling is literally RB1 overall, is it not? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I like Javante Williams. His uh, his college film was fun. Um, and obviously he had some some really good plays last year, especially when they started to go to him because he he can catch the ball. He can, and that's one of the things that you have to look for. You have to look for a guy that's going to score touchdowns in the goal line. That's where you get a lot of your points. Does he catch the ball? Let's read the next amount of your points. And then he's going to get volume. Like those are like the three things. And he can do all those things. The one thing that I'm I'm a little concerned about, and I don't know how much you rely on stats like this, but is I really like, I know people hate something called yards per carry. Like, yeah, I hate yards per carry. It doesn't matter. Okay. But do you like expected yards per carry? Because that, that takes into account blocking and defense and fronts and all kind of stuff. Um, so last year, Javante was negative 0.24 expected yards per carry, which uh, just I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I I don't know if that was a decision making, if that was vision, um, if that's him trying to to learn the NFL or what it was, because Melvin was positive 0.17, which is a big differential. So I <clears throat> I wonder if that limits the ceiling because and it's a weird thing because people love something called broken tackles. Now, I think people really correlate broken tackles to being a really good running back and I don't think that's the case honestly because you have to be efficient with breaking tackles and it's about gaining yards you know sometimes it's not about making the guy miss and then just uh, lowering my shoulder and getting five extra yards you know what I mean I've, yeah I've lived that life with Dave Montgomery it's it's annoying yes um, but so I just don't know what the ceiling is for sure but I think it's a good ceiling I don't know if it can be great if this is a, a vision thing and this is something or it's a Hey, it's something that we should overlook. But um, I like him certainly as a player, and especially when you think of of that offense now, and they the the boxes should be lighter. Russell Wilson should be audibling to more um, 
efficient running plays, you know, things like that. Like, Hey, let, let's switch this. Let's do that. So, the, uh, you know, those are, those are going to be good things I think for him. So I, I don't know if this is a thing or, or, or you care about it, but it was just one thing I thought was interesting with Williams. Yeah. I mean, I think he's uh look, everything that I've seen in terms of watching him and, and sort of the, 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 the college uh, metrics, he's a good runner, you know? And I think that part of that, maybe that expected yards, comes from him being a rookie too. There's a learning curve as to what you can do or can't do in the NFL level against these, you know, much, much better athletes. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, but I, I do think there's a huge ceiling in this offense for a lot of players, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, KJ Hamler, I think is a little bit of that MVS type. I don't think he's going to be a target magnet. So I think his ceiling is cap, but it's certainly a lot bigger ceiling today than it was before uh, Tim pa- Tim Patrick got hurt. So, you know, take Tim Patrick. I mean, I had Tim Patrick uh, projected for 78 targets. So, you know, spreading those back into the into the offense, you know, I think a lot of those go to KJ Hamler or whomever is that third wide receiver. The majority will go to the wide receiver group, as I've always said, like, you know, the generally speaking, you know, tight ends are going to be targeted a certain amount, running backs and wide receivers. So generally speaking, it's going to go to some sort of collection of wide receivers. Speaking of a collection, of wide receivers. We're going to we're going to end right here, baby. Listen to me. This Dallas Cowboys offense and the runway clearing for Jalen Tolbert. His uh ADP is is skyrocketing. I don't know if you play on sleeper leagues, but like his like uh expected points or whatever, like his projected week 1 points uh, you know, on sleeper just keeps going up. I'm like, "Oh shit." It's like unbelievable. Everybody's just sort of coming around on this Jalen Tolbert and he's literally done nothing in the league. So camp reports are he's a starter, and I think that's enough. Um, are you excited about this Jalen Tolbert, or are you kind of like, I think this is a mirage? You have to be excited about somebody because the thing that, again, we have to go back to, to the offense. That was the top scoring offense in the entire NFL last year. They had just under 5,000 passing yards, and remember, Cooper Rush had to play. Okay? Yep. And they lost Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, for, for everyone, I mean, I know, I know, you know, CeeDee Lamb's going to get, you know, 1,600 yards now. People are like projecting and, and Dalton Schultz is a favorite. But someone else has to, I mean, Cedric Wilson last year had 600 yards. Yeah. That, that's Cedric Wilson. Amari yes. had 865. Like, Someone's got to get that stuff, and we don't know what's going to happen with Michael Gallup. He's still not practicing. He's still not back. That's you know he still had yards there. So to me, how can't you? Because he's going to get opportunity by default. Like yeah, he if he gets less than and again like anything can happen with injuries and whatever. But like if he's healthy and plays every game, he's going to get 750 yards. Like I don't know how he doesn't. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what that was. That's been my point. Like, you know, you're a Debbie guy and you know how it is, right? Like we think we know everything. And then it turns out like, you know what? Sometimes we're just fucking wrong. Like it's okay. It's not even a big deal. Like you go through, you're like, nah, you know what? He's not as good as we thought he was. I'm sorry. Like, you know, this, there is a, you know, guy comes out of high school, maybe he's bigger, stronger, faster. And then he plateaus. And so your Devi opinion was right, but unfortunately he's not, you know, right. So there's all that. But when we're scouting these guys from college, we're still like never sure. So I liked Jalen Tolbert, the player before the draft. I liked him. I was like, you know what? I think this guy might be pretty good. Like some pretty good metrics. Like you watch him on film. He, he looks kind of explosive. Sometimes you watch the film, by the way, 
if you ever just kind of pop on some Jalen Tolbert highlights, that quarterback's pretty good. I, mean, I was like, wow, this kid's good. I don't even know who the hell he is, like South Alabama or whatever. But like he delivers the ball downfield for Tolbert a few times. We're like, okay. So, but anyway, Tolbert, pretty good little player. Now he gets drafted to in the third round to the Dallas Cowboys. And it's like, I've said it a million times. If he's at all good, he's going to be awesome. You know, in other words, the couple of good player with a tremendous opportunity. And that's how you get what we're talking about with Gabe Davis or with Jalen Tolbert. It's like, let's see. I mean, he's going to have to be really shitty to play himself off the field. And it's very possible. I will fucking grant that. It is possible he's not good, not ready for the NFL game. And they're like signing free agents off the street to play over him. That's in the range of outcomes, people. Let's just fucking say it loud and clear. But the other range of outcomes is that he's like pretty good. And if he's pretty good, like a thousand yards this year is like on the table. So like his range of Mm -hmm. outcomes is huge because of the perceived opportunity and the apparent opportunity that he is going to be afforded to start the season. Um, So, yeah, I think he's a. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's certainly a good sell here at some point in Dynasty if you don't believe in him because his value is just going through the roof. I happen to just think that, you know, these types of uh, opportunities in Dynasty can't be missed. you got to see this stuff coming. We tried to tell you all. We did tell you all. And uh, Nick Whalen's here to tell you as well. Am I right, buddy? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm certainly with you there. And like, and that's the thing. You talked about this market of buy-sell. Like, I don't know that Jalen Tolbert's going to be this great Dynasty player forever. But right. right now, even even Dalton Schultz, right? Get him. He's going to go off. If you want to sell him mid year because you're not a great team, you're going to get a bounty back because yep. he's a free agent. He might not be in Dallas long term, but but because you have the good quarterback, you have this great offense. Like it just makes sense. The only the only free agent you had mentioned one. This is a pairing that I would love is Will Fuller to go to Dallas. I think it would just be like a huge opportunity. You got a yes. guy with speed with Dak, you know, but like. I mean, even if you, they, I mean, again, almost 5,000 yards, let's say CeeDee Lamb goes crazy and he has a Cooper Cup season. Let's say that's 2,000 yards, okay? Let's say Dalton Schultz gets 1,000 yards and, you know, that's that's almost 2,000 yards for everyone else. And those numbers are ridiculous. Those two guys aren't going to get those numbers, but like that, that's that's how big the pie is here. There's nobody there. Right. That's right. Yeah, no, you're you said it exactly correct that um the Will Fuller is still the shoe to drop cuz all off season I was waiting for them to like, you know, sign Julio. I I mentioned Julio could go there. It was totally Julio Jones to Dallas just felt so right. Like if you say it you're like, "Oh, yeah, that would be." Yeah, of course. Jerry Jones, the whole thing like he'd look good in the star, the whole thing. It was Julio Jones, right? But, you know, he ends up going to Tampa Bay and uh, I hear he's playing well. Did you did you hear the camp notes that checks notes? Julio Jones is good. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. That, that's and that's the other part of it too. Is like you know people are always trying to bump up these quarterbacks like they're going to be great. Tom Brady. Now again, that's something interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about Tom Brady Go being gone for ten days. Like that's an interesting. But but I'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But like, how is Tom Brady not going to pass for five thousand yards this year? I mean, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, they, they already did it last year. Okay. Godwin, you know, is potentially come back earlier than we think, even if he's not who we think he is. Russell Gage, if his legs can hold up, I don't know what's going on there. He keeps getting injured, but he's really good and underrated who Brady personally recruited and they yes. brought in Julio Jones. Yes, they lost Gronk, but like those guys and Tom Brady, how's that even fair? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if they all are healthy at some point and they roll out the four wide receiver set of like, 
Gage and Godwin in the slots and, you know, Julio and Evans on the outside, that that's treacherous. And if like Rashad White is good or whether it's, you know, Fournette or Rashad White in the backfield, like it's a lot of speed and talent all over the place where I, I don't know, man. Good luck. And, and then the greatest decision maker at the quarterback position of all time with those four weapons. Unbelievable. And, and, and even, okay, you want a break? We still got Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and, <laughs> yes. and, and Perryman. Like, like they're stupidly rich at wide receiver. Like, yes. like those guys would be potentially what the wide receiver two or three in Chicago. Like, it, yeah, it's don't, don't do that to yourself, right bro. Of course. Yeah. Don't, no, don't I, hurt I'm yourself. being honest. I mean, yeah. I like those guys. So it's just, I mean, to me, it's just a weird thing because like, you know, again, it's that opportunity, but again, let's Tom Brady missing 10 days, nine days. It was planned before camp. I don't know that I believe that. That's what they're telling us. That's the PR. And yeah. it's a family personal matter, which I don't know. It could be lots of things. It could be a business thing. I don't know. Like, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the 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 aura of Brady continues. I mean, just just awesome. He's just he, – it's unbelievable. I mean, the retirement, the, the tampering, the whole thing. I mean, it's got to be hard, though, because you think about it. The, the tampering, I thought, was pretty interesting because, like, it was known. Like, you know, Bill Simmons was saying it there. He's like, I think he's going to go to Miami. And I think he's going to own the team. And like, yeah, that's what they were fucking trying to get him to do. They're like, here, come here. You'll play. We'll get fucking Sean Payton and you'll own fucking part of the team. Let's just do this. And he's a multi-billionaire. Like, you know, this is like, you know, they're just, they're printing money between him and his wife. I mean, unbelievable. So much money on the table. It's hard not to quote unquote tamper. So yeah, Brady's, you know, just trying to, create a situation where he can sort of be in control. And why wouldn't you blame him? The dude is 45. He's still the best quarterback in the NFL and you know, he's still sought after. And yeah, I mean, this is just what, what a, what a story. I mean, you're never going to see this ever again. I mean, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers having maybe one or two years left. He's 38. He's seven years younger than Brady. Like imagine just saying, Oh yeah, yeah. Rogers is good for another seven. Like what? You know, so it's pretty crazy. The, the, the precedent he is setting in this league. And of course, ending this show on Tom Brady's the greatest of all time is no surprise to anybody listening. <laughs> well, here's another part of it too. And again, I'm not even a, you know, I'm a Bears fan, but Tom Brady is the ultimate like uh, Cinderella story. People love those, you know, the NCAA yes, tournament. It's true. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's a guy that, that started, didn't start, started, didn't start at Michigan, you know, Barely makes the NFL. I mean, it was, they brought, they kept four quarterbacks, you know, which a lot of teams don't do. And then second year, you know, has to jump in after he, you know, made some improvements in the offseason. You know, they win the Super Bowl and he becomes the greatest quarterback all time and has a supermodel wife. Like, yes. this is like the ultimate, like, every man should want to be Tom Brady's story. And yes. And it's because of all of the success is why I think people hate him so much. And he doesn't have the the amazing arm or the athleticism. We saw the combine, you know, combine, that's what yeah. makes it so awesome. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, being a being a Patriots fan, I can tell you that we did not really see it coming. <laughs> it's not like not like we were like put in Brady. You know, I mean, I remember when Bledsoe got fucking rocked by Mo Lewis, and it was like, oh shit, like this is fucked. We're done. And you know, Brady came in. He did not light it up. He was he was just a gamer from day one. I mean, I think there's the the story in his uh, his uh, the doc where he walked in and told Bob Kraft, "That's the greatest pick you ever made." You know, like. 
he had balls from the beginning and and really at Michigan too like he he was he would come in and like Drew Henson was the like poster boy poster child like big time recruit and he would go out there and like you know suck and then Brady would come in and be like I got this homie and like win games like he was like it's unbelievable like it, he was even that in college like unbelievable uh, the guy just uh you know ascended in a way that we we could have never imagined i remember the game uh against the rams the 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 super bowl their first super bowl we were 14 point underdogs and it was not a game that we were like dude we got this it was more like i hope we don't get embarrassed that was what we <laughs> thought as patriots fans we're like you know let's see here man and of course the tie law pick was like i mean that was the that was the one where we kind of thought we had something but yeah no tom has been you know you remember even uh john madden saying they should play for overtime right mm-hmm. no even at that moment the brady legend wasn't like it wasn't like well he's been good all year let's roll it was like still hey you got a game manager backup sixth round scrub like just see what you can come up with you know so he's overcome it from every you know, from, from every angle. I mean, even when he was winning, there was a lot of like, it's Belichick, you know? And then he goes and wins as many, uh, Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers in the NFC in his first year. He's like, go fucking eat it. You know, just <laughs> right. One uh, for the bears I, so, fans. Well, I, mean, I, lo- I love that. Cause it's anti Rodgers. You know what I mean? But like, I, I think that's part of this is legend too, is that he wanted to do it somewhere else yeah. to prove that it wasn't Belichick. And yes. You know, and and I, you know, that's respect too. But I mean, also, he's not been selfish with money and made no. sure he could get a team around him because he yes. cares about winning so much. Yes, and that's and that's a whole part of this. I mean, he takes care of his body so well. I mean, he takes shots. And some of my favorite moments of Tom Brady isn't even him winning; it's him making unbelievable, ridiculous throws to put his team. Like when they lost to Denver, that throw he had to Gronk. I'm yes, like fourth down was like unbelievable. Now again, yes. Gronk's great. Okay, yes. don't get me wrong, but Brady keeps putting his teams in position to make plays and win. And he and his weapons. I mean, you could argue, yeah, he had Gronk and he had Randy for a couple of years. But I mean, is Wes Welker and Edelman in any other offense anything? Right. Even in his failures, you're right. Like the 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 Giants game, the final throw on fourth and twenty to Randy Moss streaking down the sideline that misses him by like, honestly, like just a couple of inches is one of the greatest throws. If it just somehow lands one way or the other, like he underthrew him by like a fingertip, like, because Randy was right there. I thought Randy was almost should have caught it. Like, uh, unbelievable 70 yards in the air, whatever. Like that throw was, was fucking stones was balls. Like he actually quote unquote made the throw. I mean, Unbelievable! Like so, even in his defeats, you're like, dude, that that guy was the zombie that you didn't couldn't ever kill, you know? Yeah, and and, and it's the, the sad part is like so many people just like loathe him because of the success instead of just you know it's the whole you know LeBron and Jordan and like we don't have to dislike people, you know what I mean? You can just respect their game. Like like I I respect Aaron Rodgers and how good he is. I don't like him, but like. I think people just don't don't respect Brady as enough. When you look at the whole sample of everything that he's done, and they want to, you know, go against him with all of the um, uh, uh, scandals and the whatever. Like, I mean, 
deflating a football. I mean, I'll just be honest. You were a quarterback. Yeah. You know, Come I, on. I, I coach. I I didn't I don't like overinflated balls anyway. I'm always trying to like push and get a little air out. Like that's a normal thing. But yes. let's just bust him because it's like that doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> yes. there's so much to this. I'm like, really? This is what we're gonna get after him about. That's what you're gonna try and tarnish it with. Do not no. get me started on deflate. You're right. I was a quarterback. It's like Yes, it's better. Some guys like them, you know, harder and, and softer and, and the feel and all the rest of it. But like, honestly, 0.1 to 0.3 PSI or whatever the fuck this was like, this big like to do is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. And it was, um, you know, a hit piece. It was. That's what they were doing. There was This was jealousy. This was 100% what it was from the beginning. And I don't, I'm not even saying like he's innocent or guilty. Guilty of exactly what are you talking about? Like, uh, how much air is in the foot? Get the fuck out of here. First of all, that game that they did that, we ran the ball. I think we won like 45 to 3, and we ran for like 300 yards. So, what did the football? It was like, get the hell out of here. The footballs were the reason that you guys lost by 40? Get out of here. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like, there's so much about football. Like, that's a thing. You know what I mean? And like people are like, every quarterback has that. They have yeah. preferences. And that stuff started to come out afterwards, you know? But people didn't want to highlight that because that's, you know, defending it. And then, whatever. Good Al. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into yeah. it. But, yeah. I know. I was watching uh, Hard Knocks the, the year after the year after the um, the Deflategate thing. And it, they, they were like doing the... The footballs for pre for the for the preseason game, and they were taking sandpaper and fucking sand sanding them down. And I was like, I just remember thinking, and they were like, it was like a thing. They're like, look at how they pay all this attention to get these footballs ready. I'm like, oh, but de- you can take sandpaper to the motherfucker and and sand it down, but do not take point one psi out of that motherfucker, or you're a cheater. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on? You know, so just a bunch of nonsense. But uh, those who hate will think that it was such an egregious thing. And those who don't, uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, great show, brother. Yeah, no, no it's, it's tell, been, tell the it's people where they can find you on Twitter and online so they can uh, they can follow you. Yeah. So um, at underscore Nick Whalen on all the social medias, honestly, on on uh, Twitter and Instagram, um, all my stuff's at football guys. And then I'll be doing um a lot more uh video content and maybe even a podcast uh, i got a lot of that equipment um i will not be coaching this year so to fill that void i'll be doing some more content and talking to more people just like this because honestly we all love this game and we need to just have more conversation and a lot of it is about learning we need to learn more about the game and about the players to be better knowledgeable for what we watch and to have better results in fantasy well, if you have a podcast that starts, I'd be more than happy to be a guest and I will talk over you the entire time. Oh, 100%, man. It was yeah. fun. It'd be just like this. It'd be a smashing success. I can't wait. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, everybody. Nick Whalen, thank you. On behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest producer the world has ever known, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. I want you guys to think about what the P stands for. Just just use your imagination. And on behalf of the great Nick Whalen, I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Wow.